Let's try that again. Good morning. morning. Amen. There you go. God is good. Amen. Amen. He's so good. This morning I was getting around at home and I was on Twitter and there was this pastor that was preaching. And he basically said, aren't you glad that worship is not about how we feel, but what we know about God? Is that not good? Worship is not how we feel. I mean, our feelings change all the time, right? But it's what we know about God and what we know to be true about the promises of God. Amen? And so we celebrate that today. We're in a series called Vision and Mission. And once a year, um, we go through a stewardship series to remind us of what God calls us to do with the resources. And then uh, about once every one, couple years, we kind of look at vision and mission. And we talked about this week that our vision and mission, uh, any really any church's vision and mission, shouldn't be just something that they come up with that, that's clever, but it needs to be um, from God's Word and looking at what God's vision and mission is. And we said last week, if you Googled vision and mission, you'd get a bunch of different definitions, but for this, for this series, really vision is what, what we're doing and mission is how we're doing it, right? Say that with me. Vision is what we're doing and mission is how we're doing it. And we see in Scripture that the vision, really, if you're to boil it all down, is the great commandments and the great commission. The great commandments to love God with everything you are and uh, also to love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's the great commandments. We're called to do that. And then the great commission, right? To, because you're filled with the love of God, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he promises, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We read that at the end of Matthew. And from that backdrop that I just talked about, we have vision on our walls that really supports that. And it is, we exist to connect ordinary people with an extraordinary God. Let's read that. Connecting ordinary people with an extraordinary God. You know, we're all born sinners. We're, all of us, are, we're not extraordinary. We're born in sin. Now, we were, we were created by God, so that makes us special and unique. But we're born sinners. We're ordinary sinners. And Jesus came and he died so that we could have a relationship with him. And so we're called to connect ordinary people with an extraordinary God. That's what we're doing today and next week and the following week. We're going to talk about how we're called to do that. And as I mentioned last week, maybe for some that are new, you won't want to miss the last week. Well, hopefully you don't want to miss any of it. But the last week, we're going to share an exciting uh, thing we believe God's calling us to with recovery ministry. We've been going over to the well in Springfield and uh, looking at their model as well as Living Faith's model or Inogo, several different places. And I don't think it's hard for any of you uh, to realize how much, how many issues there are in our, cult, in our uh, city right here with addiction and, and so on. And so we're excited about that and we're going to be talking to you about that. But our mission, uh, if you are new, is to gather, grow, and go. Say that with me. Gather, grow, and go, okay? So today we're going to look at gather, but just to, just to kind of lay it all out for us today, we're called to gather to worship God and fellowship with other believers. We're called to grow in Christ's likeness through discipleship, and we're called to go share the gospel through our words and our, our actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. So today we're talking about gather, and for you, this isn't, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh great, this is just a kind of a, a speech or whatever. No, today is scripture, right out of scripture today. When you look at the word gather, when you think about gathering, I don't know about you, but 
um, a lot of different things come to our mind, but the definition for gather means to come together, to assemble, to, to accumulate. And I shared last week or the week before, my grandma turned 94, and we all gathered together and shared stories and talked about things that we remember and, and, and just drew close to each other. And really, it's no different with the church family. God wants the church family to come together uh, to worship Him and to fellowship with each other. So what do we need to know about gathering with other believers? Well, here's the first thing that we need to know. We are called to gather together as the family of God. We'll just start there this morning. Let's read that. We are called to gather together as the family of God. And i just be honest with you, you know, and transparent this morning, for those watching online or, or all of you here today, when COVID hit and we couldn't gather together, man, I don't know about you, but it was killing me. There is something about when the family of God gathers together that is beautiful and also can be powerful. You know, I've been a part of this church here since I was 10 years old. I was gone for several years in college and, and in St. Louis for a while, but for a lot of my life, I've, I've, lived, I've lived in this area and I've been a part of this church. And I remember stories, you know, of um, we had a, a guy named Steve Heffley in this church that we, that we prayed for and, and our district prayed for. And, and he had pancreatic cancer um, and, and God healed him at that time. I remember uh, a baby in, in here that, that was her, their, her head was misshaped. And we came and we prayed over her and God healed her, you know, as we gathered together. Answers to prayer, names on prodigal boards, people asking for, you know, maybe wisdom or direction or, or all kinds of different things that the church body comes together and God answers prayer. Amen. And some of you know those things. Um, we're called together as the family of God. Listen to what scripture says. This is what scripture says about the body of Christ being called together. He says, uh, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This morning, we are called not to neglect meeting together. It, it helps us to not only worship God, uh, but also to encourage each other. There's something powerful that happens. Um, as you read some commentaries about this scripture passage, it says, The communion of saints, the gathering of the saints, is a great help and a privilege. And I love this. Listen to this last part. Let's read it together. And a good means of steadiness and perseverance. When we gather together, the body of Christ gathers together. It helps us persevere, and it also creates steadiness. Um, you think of the early church after Jesus uh, died and, and ascended into heaven, and the, the disciples came and in Acts chapter 2. They're waiting. They're all together, right? And the Holy Spirit comes in and fills them, and they begin to preach, and they begin to grow the church, and, and things begin to happen. We're going to read about it in just a second. Um, there was a DNA. There was a culture, right? If you own a business, you want a culture. As a church, Scripture tells us about what our, our culture is supposed to be about. Um, your marriage, you want, the Bible talks about what kind of culture you need to have in your marriage and in your family. This Scripture over and over guides us. And in the early church, we see a culture. It says that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And a fellowship, to fellowship, say that with me, to fellowship and to sharing in meals. So you let me know what time dinner is and I'll be over, okay? 
All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles. I'm not kidding. Seriously, let me know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and a fellowship and a sharing in meals, including what? Right? The Lord's Supper. There is something powerful that happens when the body of Christ comes together and takes communion to remember what Christ has done for us. It brings us all together. And to prayer. They devoted themselves to teaching and fellowship and sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. You know, when you have an environment where everyone is on the same page, right? I'm a little bit excited about a certain team playing football this afternoon at 325. Okay, I'm just telling you. And there's somebody's back there shaking their head, right? Some of you are like, I don't even care about football. It's stupid. Well, I don't know what to say to that. But, <laughs> but you know, there's something about when we all come together and we're on the same page and we're praying the same way according to God's word, there's something that happens. And it creates an environment. It creates an environment where signs and wonders can happen, but more importantly, where God can move, right? Where God can move. Sometimes you see that through fasting when a church, we, in, uh, during Pray 21, we ask us all to fast because some things don't get answered through prayer. They get answered through prayer and fasting, Scripture tells us. And then it goes on. And all the believers met together where? Where at church? In one place and shared what? Everything. Some of you remember uh, Joplin uh, in 2011 when, I think it was 2011, wasn't it? When uh, the tornado went through. And our church sent 15 groups that summer. I remember 15 groups that summer over there to help. And so did a lot of churches and businesses, not just us. And man, you would see people that would be like, hey dude, you need my truck to go over there and look for your mom? Hey, you know, all these workers are working around the clock. We could set up a deal right here and feed all these people. And so every day for weeks, there would be a, a line where people would come and they would eat while they were out. I mean, people, it was like the most amazing coming together that I had personally witnessed, you know, in my short lifetime. Not as short as it used to be, but short. There is power together, church. There is such power together. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshipped how? Does that say separate? I was wondering if that said separate. No, it says they worshipped how? Together at the temple each day, right? So we need to have church each day. (laughs) But no, every day they worshipped together at the temple and they met in homes. We didn't come up with small groups. The early church did. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And what'd they do? They shared meals. Sounds like a church I'd like to go to. With great, what? Joy and generosity. Well, the Flintstones are coming over again. We've got to make something. I'm just so tired of this. I just want this to quit. No, it says, with joy and generosity. Out of the goodness of their heart. Have you ever been somewhere? And you're like, you know what? Tom would really like that gift. Versus, well, we've got to find Tom something. He's going to complain if you don't get him anything. There's a difference. There's a generous spirit there. And let me just tell you, according to Scripture, not subjectivity or my own opinion or yours, according to Scripture, when we come together to worship Him and to fellowship with each other and we lay everything out, there is powerful things 
that take place. And it was the same way then. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, listen to this. Here's the, here's the fruit of them coming together. Let's read it. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those. Man, when you're experiencing revival and God's doing something in your heart, that's the best invite, amen? When, the, when, when, when we're beginning to look like Christ and love like Christ, like really love like him, you can't have enough seats. You can't have enough whatever. It makes a huge difference. So it's worth repeating that we're called to gather together as the family of God. Scripture tells us that. And then what we need also need to know is worship is an important part of gathering together the people of God. Say that with me. Worship is an important part of gathering together the people of God. Listen to this. David says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. You know, I, I read that quote to you this morning that I read, that worship isn't about how we feel, it's about what we know to be true about God. So you got that. But then you take that, and you compare it, or, and, you, and you look at it from the lens of the scripture, worship the Lord with gladness. Now I can worship the Lord with gladness, even if I feel however. Why? Because I know who God is. Amen? Because I know who God is. Because sometimes we read this, worship the Lord with gladness. Well, I don't feel like being glad. Well, it's not about how we feel. It's what we know to be true about God. Worship, just like marriage, is a decision. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. And so many of us, and, and we, know, we know this happens sometimes, but sometimes we make things about feelings, how we feel. The problem with that is, is when you look at it in the lens of Scripture, it's not about how we feel. It's what we know to be true about God. Worship the, the Lord with gladness. Come before him with what kind of songs? It doesn't say country sad songs. No, it says with joyful songs. I'm in a mood today. Y'all can tell. Know that the Lord is God. Now, now, don't just read over that. Know that the Lord is God. It doesn't say know that your problems are a God. Know that your anxiety is God. Know that your depression is God. Know that your addiction is God. Know that however your relationships are is God. No, it says know that the Lord is God. Amen? Amen. Say that with me. Know that the Lord is God. That's worth coming to church for today. Because some of us, we know that on paper, most of us in here today probably have been around the church for a while. Maybe some of you are new today, but probably most of us have. And if you were to say true or false, know that the Lord is God, everybody would circle true. But sometimes our actions don't always answer it the way that our mind does. And what would happen if in any situation our filter was, I know whom I believe in. I know that the Lord is God. That's good. It is He who made us. We are His, which means no matter how you grew up, who your mom and dad are, who your mom and dad aren't, it doesn't matter. You're His. You were created in His image. We are His people, the sheep of whose pasture? 
his pasture, right? He goes on, David goes on, enter his gates with somber, depressing. No, it doesn't say that. What's it say? Thanksgiving. Come on, this is a Sunday school class instead of a sermon today, right? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with? Come on, look at you now. So now it's not about, about whether you like the song or not or whether you feel like listening to God today or whether you've got a busy week that's stressful or you're, you don't have much to look forward to this week or you're somewhere in the middle. We know that he's worthy of praise. We know that we're here to worship him with joy and gladness. And we decide that. It's a decision. For the Lord is good. And his love endures. How long? You can't wear it out. You cannot wear it out. His, his faithfulness continues through all generations. It's timeless. God's Love and faithfulness is timeless. Listen to this quote. The primary reason that God called us into the assembly of the church is that as a corporate assembly, meaning all of us together, a corporate assembly, we might, what? Worship him. Worship him. And honestly, you know, tonight we're talking about the gathering I would encourage you to consider tonight. I'm going to watch the Chiefs game too. But I would encourage you to come tonight and worship him. To come together. There's going to be no preaching, so you can, take it, you can relax. We're going to come together tonight, and we're going to give him praise. We're going to pour out our hearts. Because he is worthy to be praised. Amen? He is worthy to be praised. That's tonight. You're going to hear about it. It's 6.30 tonight. So here's another thing we need to know. Regularly gathering together, and I'm just going to be honest, I got this from the commentary I was reading along with this. I thought this was good. Uh, regularly gathering together the family of God promotes faithfulness and perseverance in the life of the believer. That's good. When we gather together regularly, right? When we come together regularly to worship Him, to fellowship together, it promotes faithfulness, and it promotes perseverance. I got to thinking about that faithfulness and perseverance. When we gather together regularly, it allows us to be faithful to the great commandments, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. It helps us to be faithful to that. Helps us to be faithful, to remember, hey, when I'm at work or I'm at school, I'm not just at work or at school. I, I'm, I'm coming here to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God, you promise, surely you will be with me to the very end of the age. When we gather together, it helps us stay faithful. And it helps us persevere. In other words... Gathering together, the body of believers, helps us to keep going. Come on now. Gathering together, the body of believers, helps us to keep going. Okay, I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, okay? But it's true. I'm not really a runner, all right? I've done it a few times, okay? No, I've done it. And I used to do it some... 
I always, I never could do it a lot because of my, I've got a bad hip. So I'm like an old person, but that's the truth. <laughs> and I, one time, I think it was my wife or somebody had this idea that we needed to run this 5K, which isn't a big deal. But if you haven't been running a lot, running a 5K is, an, is a deal, right? So my brother Chris and Casey and my, me and my wife, was several years ago, we went over to Joplin and they had this 5K thing. And, you know, you'd think it was like a 26-mile marathon or something, but... Anyway, we, we finished that, and, and I, I don't think I stopped running the whole time I did it. I wanted to pass out when I got done. But you want to know what kept me going was just, and I didn't always know who they were, just kind of people standing, you know, along the side of the trail, you know. I don't know your name. Keep going. Hey, I know you're ready to throw up. Just come on. Keep going. <laughs> oh, boy, he's bad. Come on. You can really do it. Right? And man, when we come together as a church and we worship him and we, and we praise and we gather together, when our teenagers gather together, if you have a teenager, if you're a grandma or you're a parent, man, get your, kid, your teenagers involved with our youth program. It keeps them going and keeps them faithful. It keeps them persevering. They come in and they've had been bullied at school or they're, they're being pressured by their girlfriend or boyfriend and they don't tell you about it. And they come together and they, they worship and they, they hear preaching and they're together and it helps them to keep going. Some of us, are, our marriage is struggling or, or our marriage ended and we didn't ask for it. Or maybe years ago we were the one who caused it, but now we're feeling guilty about that and God's working it. So when we gather together, it, 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 God speaks His truth to us. There is power, and I realize I'm preaching to those that are here. <laughs> But there is power when we come together and it helps us to keep going. Because the Bible tells us we can keep going because Jesus kept going. Because Jesus went all the way to the cross and he died and he bled. And he says, it is finished because I kept going. And because he kept going, we can keep going. And when we're together with each other, it reminds us of that simple truth to keep going. Listen to this passage of scripture in Hebrews. It says, let us hold how? Man, I, you know, tightly. Like, I'm thinking of that. Like, you know, my wife can actually water ski. I can't water ski, but I tried one time. I remember holding tightly to that rope until it started dragging me through the water, and then I let go of it. That lost my trunks. You know, you think of that grip, Right? One time I was helping my dad deal with cattle, and he's like, you got the tail of that thing. If you don't hold it right, it's going to kick you. Man, I was holding tightly to that thing. But even more than those examples, we are called to hold tightly to our faith. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be what? Trusted to keep his promise. I've dealt with teenagers for years, and I remember at camp one time, a student that was, lots of students, but the student that was dealing with trust issues, and it went back to their parents. And parents would say one thing, and they'd do another. And we put God in that box, too, don't we? But, But God's word says we don't have to put him in that box. He can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Now that is good. Now think about that. 
We're called as the body of believers to think of ways to motivate each other. Man, we got it. It's, it's super easy now in the culture that we live in now. We don't have to send up a, mo- a smoke signal maybe the way you did 100, 200, 300 years ago. You can text somebody a scripture. You can text somebody, how's it going? You can tell someone that you're praying for them and then actually do that, right? What would happen if we as a body of believers began to think about the people that we work with or the kids, the people that we go to school with or the people that we're randomly connected to because we're at a grocery store or wherever? How can we encourage those? Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Let's read it together. To acts of love and good works. We're called to gather together. Some of you may have heard of um, Dr. Tony Evans. He says, people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And they're right. Salvation is, is through faith alone and Christ alone. You also don't have to go home to be married, but to stay away long enough and your stay away long enough and your relationship will be affected, right? I love that. <laughs> it's a sarcasm. <laughs> I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Yeah, you're right. Salvation is through faith alone in Christ, right? What he did, amen. You also don't have to go home to be married. But stay away long enough and your relationship will be affected. We're called to gather together. Here's another thought I had. You know, we've invested a lot in online. We have people in our nursing homes um, that, can't, that can't come in. We have people all the time that are on vacation or they're working on Sunday. There's all types of reasons why the online ministry is, is valuably, really important. People that don't even attend our church, you would be surprised. We've had people in Germany, all over everywhere, that, that have watched our services. It's, it has its place, Right? When it comes to watching online, treat it like a spare tire. It's good in a pinch, but it's not the primary way you do church if you can help it. Right? I say that if you can help it. Some of, you, some of us work jobs where we can't do it, so I understand that. Some of us are in a nursing home. You're watching today. We understand that. But some of us just don't want to come. And that's not the way it was, it was designed to be. We are called to gather together regularly to worship the Lord and encourage other believers through, ha- through what? Christian fellowship. We're called to gather together as the band comes. We're called to gather together regularly to worship the Lord and encourage other believers through Christian fellowship. So this morning, I just can't help but think Who do you know, maybe in your life, who needs encouraged? Maybe, you know, we're always kind of thinking about people who who don't know Christ. And and the reason we do that is because it's really important for us to reach out and share Christ with, with folks, with people. But today, I'm not necessarily asking you to think about those people. Who do you know that are your brothers and sisters in Christ? Maybe they're here today. Maybe they're not. Maybe they, are from, they live in Pittsburgh. Maybe they live somewhere else. And they're going through some stuff. Maybe there's some physical stuff going on, some emotional stuff going on, relationship stuff. And in some cases, maybe all those things. 
What if you started praying, Lord, how can I encourage them? How can I help them? Maybe you're noticing a kid at school, for those who are younger, who's going, like every time, you don't do anything about it, but every time, every day you walk by them, you're like, you notice something. Like, could it be the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder? And what would happen if you said, Lord, how can I help? What can I do to help? And when we're in his word, and we're spending time with him, and we're at Walmart, if we don't order groceries on the app, we actually go in to whoever we're going to go. And you're dialed in with the Holy Spirit. And you pass by somebody. And the Lord says, hey, ask them how they're doing. There's a guy that used to go to our church named Larry Thornburg, and he always sends me devotions. And he shared this story about this chance encounter that he had with someone and how he, it made their day. And it was all because he'd been in the word that day. He didn't say that, but that's what I got from it. He'd been in the word that day, and the Lord just told him to stop. What if the church was really the church? What would happen? Let's stand together this morning.